Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. And at this time, I ask you to get out your Crosswalk notes. Uh, We are on King David, Zero to Hero, and you will see our theme for today is vulnerability. Now, as we we look at this concept with King David of being vulnerable, I need you to think about this specifically in your life, about areas where you might be vulnerable, where where something could happen, and and if something happened, that your, your life and your plans could kind of spin out of control. For some of you, maybe that's already happened, uh, that you, you did something or something happened to you, but it could be, for instance, someone who's in high school, and they're, they're in high school, they're on a sports team, and some of their friends decide to go out after the game, so they go out with them, and while they're there, there's alcohol. And the, the friends encourage them, come on, have something to drink, no one's going to know, no one's going to find out, so they decide to, to have a drink, and of course, like always happens, they do find out. Uh, the, your parents find out, the coach finds out, and, and because of that, you're kicked off the team. And, and now the, these plans you had for the fall or for the winter, for whatever season it was, now all of a sudden, uh, all those have changed, and, and, it's, and it's changed your life. It's changed your, your high school year. Or maybe it could be a bunch of people meeting after work. They're going to meet at a place downtown, maybe have a few drinks, and, and your plan was to have someone be your designated driver, and they didn't show up, and, and you're there, and you have your keys, and you need to get home. And so you make a decision, and, and the decision is, you know what, I'm going to drive. I'm gonna, I think I'm okay to drive. And then if you're fortunate, you just get a DUI, but if you're unfortunate, you hurt somebody, maybe kill someone else. And, and I've, I've seen that happen where, where it changes someone's life. They, they, they can end up in jail because of it. Maybe it's a different situation. Maybe it's something where you're out of town and, and you're out of town on business and, and you're meeting with the people that, that, that are part of the business and one by one people leave to, to go back to their room and, and the next thing you know, there's just... Two people there, you and someone else, and uh, you, you really can use a friend that night, and uh, one thing leads to another, and, and you up, end up back in the hotel room together, and now you've broken a marriage vow. Now, now it's affected your, your marriage and your family, and, and things come crashing down on top of you. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe, maybe as you, you get older, you realize, you know, at any time, uh, if I were to fall, if I were to, to, to break a bone or get hurt in some way, I would be in a nursing home. And, and this, it would change my life. I, I would uh, not have the ability to get around. See, the, I don't know what your vulnerability is, but I guarantee you, if you have anything that you value, if you have anything that you enjoy that can be taken away from you, and newsflash, that's everything. That, that if it can be taken away from you by, by something stupid happening or by making a mistake, that is what we're talking about when we talk about being vulnerable for these things to, to be taken away. 
Well, today, as we look into God's word, we are, we are going to be talking about David, not of surprise as we look at him in this series. But like I said, I think this might be a, a Bible account that you might not be familiar with. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to tell you the story right now. It's 1 Samuel chapter 25, if you'd like to, to, to look at your Bibles and, and read it. I'm not going to read the whole account today. It's over 50 verses. But basically what, what happened is it was a time where David had separated from Saul. He was not king yet. And he had at least 600 fighting men with him. And he was in this weird situation where he really wasn't with Saul's army. Although if Saul's army was in trouble, he might help them. Uh, there were times they needed to fight Saul's army when they attacked them. He definitely wasn't aligned with the Philistine army and, and the, the nation of Philistia. But yet he's in this situation where he wasn't welcome in either country. And so he did what the equivalent of what David and his men did is they went out to the border and, and they went on the border between Israel and, and Philistia. And, and the reason why they stayed there is in a weird way, it was a safe place for them. And the reason why is, is if the, the Israeli army came out after them, that they recognized that that exposed them a little bit to the Philistine army. And if the Philistine army came after them, that exposed them a little bit to the Israeli army. And so as David and his men stayed on the border and moved back in this area, uh, it actually brought some stability to that area. Enter Nabal. Nabal was an, an individual who was fairly wealthy, uh, who had a, a number of flocks and, and things like that, and he lived in this border area. Well, for Nabal, he, he was, uh, we're told that he was a strong man, that, that to be able to live there, he was, he's a pretty tough guy. But at the same time, he, he lived in a very tough area. And so what would happen when David and his men weren't there was you would have these times when the Philistine army and the Israeli army would go back and forth. And, and a lot of times, as we're told, they would camp out on these in this area, there would be hills and then a valley in between, and there would be a little bit of a stalemate. And during that time period, these armies would need to eat. And if you're in this border area, and you know Nabal has flocks, what do you think these armies did? They went and they would go plunder them. They would, they would send out bands to bring back these sheep and, uh, and whatever else they could get their hands on to keep the army stocked. Well, now what happened is when David was there, he brought stability to that area. These armies weren't coming back and forth. And Nabal, uh, because of it, because of this relative amount of security in this area with David being there, enjoyed great wealth and, and success as a result. And David knew that. And for that reason, he sent 10 of his men to Nabal and said, you know, I, I come here with, with blessings to you. I, I wish you nothing but good, Nabal. But understand that, that during this time period, we have been around this area with your, with your sheep and, and all of your workers. And if you ask them, you will find out that during this time period, not one of your sheep has been missing. We have not hurt these people in any way. As, as a matter of fact, we have been a wall around them to protect them. And because of that, Nabal, you have got to understand it, and I'm sure you see this, 
you have been very blessed by us being here. And so, Nabal, what we're asking for is that you would give us some type of a thank you, if you will, for, for being here. Just whether it be a few sheep or whatever it is to help me feed my men and to help us stay here so that we can enjoy this relationship that's mutually beneficial. Well, when these men came to Nabal, Nabal, whose name means fool, said, David, who's David? I've never heard of any David. I've never heard of any son of Jesse or anyone like that. There's a lot of people around here who have run away from their masters. I'm sure he's one of them. I guarantee you, Nabal knew exactly who David was and knew exactly where he had come from. But, but he's talking trash is what he's doing. And then he told them, why should I give all of what I have to you? You know what? Uh, you guys can just go back where you came from. You are going to get nothing from me. And as Nabal was there talking to these men, his servants heard all of it and were thinking, Oh my goodness, Nabal, you are a fool. You, this is not the way you should be treating these men who, who came in good faith. And so the men go back, the 10 men went back to David and told, told David what Nabal had said. And David said, here's the deal. All of you get your swords on. 400 come with me. 200 stay with the stuff. We are going to kill everyone in his family. to stop here just for a moment because remember this is about being vulnerable and what David is doing in this situation is possibly making a decision that is going to impact the way that the people in this kingdom look at him for the rest of his time even though he was not king yet David was establishing what kind of king he would be and this is what is making David vulnerable of, of having all of this stuff and, and, and becoming the king and, and by making a stupid mistake, by acting out in anger to have it all taken away. In the meantime, David does get his army ready, 400 men, and he says, we are going to kill all of them. And, and they start to get ready to mobilize to go down to Nabal and his, and his, uh, and his flocks. In the meantime, the servants go to Abigail. And Abigail is the wife of Nabal, and they tell her everything that's happened. And when Abigail hears this, she's like, oh my goodness, Nabal, what are you doing? That, that she, it seems that Nabal, whose name again means fool, has acted foolishly many times, and Abigail, as many wives can, can relate to this, have to come to the rescue of her husband uh, from making bad mistakes, and what she did was she sent some servants with a number of flocks, loaves of bread, supplies for David and his men, sent them on ahead, and then she came personally behind them. And she happened to meet David and his men as they were coming down out of a valley. And she came and she bowed down before him and said, David, please forgive us. Uh, please forgive me. I did not know these men came. I didn't have a, a chance to talk to them. My husband has acted foolishly, and, and to be honest with you, David, that as I come to you today, I don't want to be presumptuous and, and to tell you your business, but I think by coming here and, and stopping you, I am doing you a favor. 
because you don't want to make it your legacy that you came and destroyed a family who didn't give you a few sheep. That you don't want to be recognized when, when God, who, who's going to give you the whole kingdom, that, that you look at how you reacted in this situation. I think you're going to be ashamed one day if you do this. And David listened to her and said, you know what, Abigail? You're right. I don't want to do this. Thank you for stopping me. Thank you for the supplies. And I'm going back. We're, we're going to go back to our camp. In the meantime, Abigail went back home and was going to tell Nabal what she had done. Nabal was drunk. having They had a huge party because it was the harvest. They were shearing the sheep at that time. And so they had this huge party. He was so drunk she couldn't even talk to him. The next morning... He got up, she got up, she told him what she had done. He had a heart attack and died 10 days later. Then, short period after that, David, who, who was taken with Abigail, uh, asked him to marry her. And David and Abigail ended up being married, that Abigail was one of David's wives. That's the account. And, and it's one, I don't know if you've heard of, of, of this, one, this or not, but it's a very interesting Bible story, not because of what happened necessarily with David specifically, but, but it's important because of what didn't happen. It was because of Abigail and what she did to, to keep David from making very poor choices that would have haunted him for the rest of his life, where he could have lost everything that he had worked so hard for and everything that the Lord had blessed him with. And as we look at this today too, we are going to do it this, the same way, to look at, at what we have to lose, but more than that, what God has given us and how we can be less vulnerable in our lives through God and his promises. So we go to our, to our lesson, and this is 1 Samuel 25, verses 15 and 16. And now these are the words of Nabal's shepherds and servants telling uh, Abigail how David and his men had treated them. And this is what it says. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us. And the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day, they were a wall around us. The whole time we were herding our sheep near them. So again, the, these, these servants knew. They knew what it was like to, to be shepherds in that area and how sheep would go missing a lot of the times as you had these bands of sometimes outlaws, sometimes of troops or whatever it was that were, there were always sheep miss, missing. And yet what was happening with David and his men, interesting that David as a shepherd, maybe feeling sorry for some of these shepherds and, and knowing what it would take to keep these flocks safe, that David used his men and his warriors to, to help them. In the blank, you can write, we want to be good citizens in our community. And that's really what David and his men were practicing, being good citizens, being good friends to those in the community. This is something, as we consider this, I, I think it's an important point to start with because as as God's children, we also want to be good citizens. And, and without trying, I, I don't mean to brag about it, but just to point it out that Crosswalk has really made a concerted effort to be good citizens in our community. 
Uh, and, and you people here today are a big part of that. One of them is our Compassions Fund. In our Compassions, over the last year, about $20,000 has been given by, by people in the church to help with things like groceries when people don't have anything to eat, with water bills, uh, electricity bills, uh, things to keep their, them, them going through very difficult times. Another way that, that we are, try to be good citizens, good citizens is during Thanksgiving time when we do feed a family. This past year, 175 families who, who were struggling a little bit, uh, who had asked for help, we were able to help them by giving them a, a Thanksgiving meal. And over 500 people, as a result, were impacted by that. And, and it's ways that we just want to be there for people who are, are hurting and suffering. Maybe as you came in today at the Resource Center, you, you see the Levine School Uniform Drive. That's something we, we try to help every year, getting hundreds of, of uniforms and uh, socks and, and underwear and, and things like that. Because quite honestly, there are kids who are going to some of these schools, the charter schools or public schools, whatever it happens to be, who, who do only have one uniform. And, and need to have that every day. They, they only have that. And, and so to try to get them a, a change of clothes for them to wear to school. Or Caesar's Closet is another one we do here at Caesar Chavez where, where there is a room now dedicated and, and we're working with Caesar Chavez for kids who a, a lot of them go through social services where they're taken out of their families from their families and, and they're moved into a foster family and these kids don't have anything. They don't have any clothes. They don't have anything for school. And, and so what we have at Caesar's Closet uh, is we have the, the essentials for them. And it's also a little bit of kind of like a thrift store where we bring clothing. It's hung up there. Kids can go through it. And they can have whatever they want at no cost. I guess I could go on and on with, with all of the different things we do as a congregation, but the point is, is, is one that we, it's something we need to think about as, as children of God, and that is being good citizens to those, not just who are in the church, but to those who, who live around us. I also know you do this on personal levels. I, I know you are good neighbors. You are people who serve on HOAs, that, that you are uh, people who coach Little League and soccer and t-ball or, or whatever it is, ways that you contribute to those around you. And as you do it, I think it's important for us to understand why. And Jesus said it this way. He said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And that's what this is about. This citizenship isn't really about us at all, but it's about a way that we can introduce people to our God, our great God who works through us. All right, we continue now. And this all sounds good, so easy, right? Just being good citizens, living in your community. But there's a problem, and that is in every community, there are neighbors. And, and they are people who make it hard to be good citizens. Uh, Proverbs 29 verse 9 says, If a wise person goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs and there is no peace. And that's what David's trying to do. David's trying to deal with Nabal and, and try to, to come to an, an agreement and consensus on what should be done. And, and Nabal is not listening to it at all. And then in 1 Samuel 25, this is what the words of Abigail. 
Please pay no attention, my Lord, to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means fool, and folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my Lord sent. And, and so Abigail is, is trying to say, David, I, I get it. He, he has wronged you, and, and he shouldn't have acted in this way, but I'm asking you to forgive. Maybe, maybe the best way, as you look at this, maybe you think this is the way David's acting to try to get you to understand it in our terms today might be to say it this way. Imagine if your neighbor, for one reason or another, had to just pack up and they left. And they, who knows, and we know that happens sometimes in South Phoenix and Levine where they just, maybe they lose their job or whatever and they take off. Well, as, as you see this house next door that's now vacant, uh, you realize it's probably going to be within the week that the air conditioner's stolen. And then who knows what might happen in the house. And so what you decide to do as being a good neighbor is to say, you know what, I'm going to keep an eye on this house. And so what you do is when you cut the bushes by your house, you do theirs as well. That if you see anyone around the house, you say, hey, what's going on? Can I help you? And, and in that way, you're just trying to help them out. Well, in the meantime, a couple months later, things change. They get a job back in the area and they come back into their house that is in surprisingly good condition. And so you go and talk to them and you say, yeah, just so you know, I, I tried to keep an eye. I didn't know where you were, but I, I just tried to help you out a little bit and uh, just wanted to be a good neighbor. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then, and then you, ask, you ask them one day for a favor. I know you have a leaf blower. Do you mind if I le- use your leaf blower? And they ask, why should I do anything for you? What have you ever done for me? You, you know, who, do, who are you to come here and ask for my leaf blower? You're like, really? Really? I mean, are we really having this conversation? And, and that's because that's the nature of a fool. And that's the nature of Nabal as a fool. And that is a fool, and this is my definition, I guess, and that is a fool overestimates their own self-worth that they look at themselves and they think they are way up here when they're really down here. Then they look at other people and, and other people who have helped them and are up here, they look at them as down there. And then when it comes to being godly or doing what God commands, that's not even on their radar. They, they, they don't care about that at all. They, they feel that they are responsible to no one. And so in the blank you can write, Sooner or later, we all have to deal with foolish people that have an impact on our lives. Foolish people that have an impact on our life. And I don't know if you know, if you have in mind who that fool is in your life. Sometimes it's your boss. Sometimes it's a coworker. Sometimes it's an employee. Sometimes it's a family member or a relative. Sometimes it is your neighbor. Sometimes it's someone from your community. It's someone you have to deal with. If you uh, work in a situation where you work a cash register and you have people coming in and you're like, these people, this person drives me crazy. I work with people all day and this person has to be difficult. Or you go through a line and it's that person who's working that you have to deal with. And you just, you're just like, oh, this person drives me crazy. We go on. And, and this is where David was at. 1 Samuel 15, 12 and 13. David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, they reported every word. David said to his men, each of you strap on your sword. It's getting serious now. 
So they did, and David strapped his on as well. About 400 men went up with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. And now we're getting to that point where David is going to do something stupid. And, and David is going to do something he regrets, that David is acting in anger. He is just ticked off about this. And it's just David who does it with all of his heart and all of his intensity. That's the way he, he rolls. That's what he's going to do. But what David needed to hear is Proverbs 26, verse 4. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. If you try to deal with a fool by being a fool, you're going to get beat because he has more experience than you do. That's the way it works. That you lose. When, when you try to act in a foolish way, you lose. I think of this specifically. I saw a video. I don't know if you saw this uh, on, on the news or on YouTube or anything. You can go on YouTube and see it. But it's a, a UPS driver who's, who's delivering some packages, and the neighbor lets the dogs out. The, the person with the house where he's at lets the dogs out, and the dogs come running at him, and it looks like they're going to get bit. He's going to get bit. Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I used to, when I was in college, I delivered appliances, and the words that people told me that always made me laugh, my dog doesn't bite you know what? Your dog doesn't bite you. I, I believe your dog doesn't bite you, but I'm, I'll bet I can get your dog to bite me. And, and the ways that you would do it, you get a refrigerator up on a dolly, you start going backwards, and sure enough, right in the calf. It would just, I got bit so many times. And it's like, really? So anyways, this guy, this UPS driver, when the dog comes, I feel sorry for him. But then what he does he just boots one of the, it's little dog. It's like a little dog and he just, wham. I mean, he just sends that dog flying. And then the owner comes and sees this and is upset that he kicked the dog. So comes at him kind of like this. Well, then the UPS driver goes at him, pushes him. And is like, you want a piece of me? I'll give you a piece of me. And here's what happened. This is my point. The UPS driver is the victim who goes into being the bad guy so quickly because he acted a fool, maybe someone leaving their dogs out. You can argue like that when you know he's coming, that's being a fool. But then the way he overreacted made him the worst fool. And that, my friends, is, is something just to warn you about today. Being in those situations, have you ever been in that situation where you have been wronged, but you still ended up the bad guy because of the way you responded? And so, I'll just tell you, if you're in a situation where someone acts like a fool and they've upset you, and you think the answer is to hit them or hurt them physically, you're, go you're not only going to lose, you're going to jail. Just saying. It's just saying. That's the way it works. Even if you were the person who was wrong first. If you're, if you're going to respond by going and yelling them and having a verbal altercation, a yelling match, you're going to look like an idiot. If you need to go in your room and write a letter to that person and don't mail it, get it out if you need to, but don't do that. Another one that I would strongly recommend, I, I say this in love, I'm not on Facebook, just saying, but don't go on a tirade on Facebook because you do, you, you end up, even if people have hurt you, you look like the fool. 
Because they look at it and you go, they're crazy. What kind of response is this? What are you doing? Quite simply, to put it this way, when you give a response in anger, this is what's talking about. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. And the degree to which you are going to act and respond that way is your vulnerability. That is what makes you vulnerable. And that is why, by the grace of God, he gives us individuals like Abigail, a voice of reason to tell us, you do not want to do this. Let's go to the top of the next page. One of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, and I'm guessing they told her because this was a constant thing, that I'm guessing Nabal did stupid stuff all the time. And, and so they knew to go to her and Abigail would take care of it. Abigail acted quickly. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my Lord, to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means fool and folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my Lord sent. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. Abigail was smart. And, and, and she appealed to David, not only on an emotional level as she came in humility, but also spoke to David on an intellectual level and on a spiritual level as well. David, understand you are getting all of this from the Lord and you do not need to go in now with Nabal and be a bully and do something that's going to weigh on your conscience because I guarantee, David, you are overreacting and it might not be today, but it will be a day in the future where you are ashamed of what you've done and understand that if you do this, you cannot undo it. And David listened. I think it's interesting as we see how, how Abigail acted, that it's very similar to a different relationship we have. And that's 1 John 2, verse 1 and 2. My dear children, I write this so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate from the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. See, in our lives, we're, we're, in, we're in a number of different situations, and, and what's interesting is sometimes we're the David who has to, we're the good citizens, we're David who has to deal with fools, but let's be honest, sometimes you are the fool. And you are the one who, when you look at the definition of fool, someone who overestimates themselves, underestimates others, and leaves God out of the picture, it would be very close to my definition of sinner. Sinner who overestimates self, who underestimates others, and keeps God out of the picture. And when we do that, when we act in fool, as the fool, when we act in sin, that at those times we are enabled. And our Abigail is Jesus Christ who intercedes to the king, our God, God the Father on our behalf. The mediator who, who goes to our God and says, yes, Lord, these, these people, our children are acting like fools. They have sinned against you. 
They are sinful, Lord, but, but, but Jesus came not with sheep and loaves of bread, but with his life and with his body and with his blood, giving it on the cross. And, and that's what Jesus did, throwing himself in between us and God, begging for forgiveness for us. And that is exactly what we have through the Father. And, and so we need to understand this, that, that this is the type of God we have who, who mediates for us. In the blank you can write, Abigail was a voice of reason. Abigail was a voice of reason and mediator who helped David see the big picture. She helped David see the big picture. And so there are going to be times in your life when you are Abigail and other times when you need an Abigail. That, that there are going to be times when, when you need to appeal to people and, 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 and try to show them the wrong that they've done. There, when I was doing this and talking about foolishness and, and everything like that, one of the, the things I had looked up is just, I've seen this before, the saying, you can't fix stupid. And, it, and whenever I hear it, it makes me laugh. But it, but it made me think you can't fix foolish. But the thing about it is, is as we look at Jesus as our mediator, that's exactly what he did. Because it's like saying you can't fix sinful. And the reality of it is, is that he's right, I can't. That you can't fix that type of foolishness inside me. You can't fix sinfulness inside of me. Except Jesus, with his suffering and death, did exactly that. That Jesus changes us and, and he takes us from being foolish to seeing his wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit and it changes our hearts. And, and that's what we see in David's life. And, and what we see in David's life, we pray to see in ours as well. 1 Samuel 25. David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. David, as, as he looked at Abigail, said, Abigail, you have no idea how thankful I am you met me here today. Because I would have gone and avenged this, when in reality, what I need to do is leave this in God's hands. That th this has become a matter of faith for me, Abigail, where I need to give this back to the Lord. And when, when David did what happened, the Lord did handle it. And, and, and David still was, was on track with all the blessings that God had promised him. And a final verse, and this is one too for your own life. I would just strongly, strongly ask you to take the heart. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. And, and that's what happened with David, with Abigail. In, in, in the truest sense of the word, he, he, he loved her because of what she had done. Someone who was willing to stand up to him and tell him, no, what you're doing is wrong. And he welcomed that and embraced that. Are you a person who, who can do the same? Do you value those around who, who tell you no? To, that tell you what you are doing is wrong. The way you are thinking about this is wrong. The way you're going to respond towards that person is, is not right. And it's, you're going to be ashamed and you're going to be sorry that you did that. And I'm telling you this because I love and care about you, not because I, I'm not your enemy, I'm your friend. 
That's what David had. And so in the blank, he can write, David showed wisdom by accepting discipline. David showed wisdom by accepting discipline. And now as we look at this, remember what this lesson is about. This lesson is about vulnerability. It's about, as I look at my life, there are all these these pitfalls that I can run into. There are these poor choices I can make that can send my life tumbling. Now, how do I keep from being vulnerable? And the answer is, that, that our vulnerability is cut down. All of us, imagine this like a car where you have blind spots. When you have blind spots, the way that you keep yourself from running into people in those blind spots is to have other sets of eyes looking. And, and when they tell you someone's there to, to trust them and, and to say, you know what, I just need to slow down now and wait. And in the same way in our lives, our vulnerability does not happen necessarily by us becoming stronger but by surrounding ourselves with people who will tell us the truth, people who will talk to us critically, people who love us enough to confront us, to tell us no, to go back to God's word. And that's finally what this is about, is going back to God and his word, trusting his promises, trusting his direction for our lives. And as we do that, we will see that we become truly strong Maybe not in our own eyes, maybe not even in the eyes of the world, but, but with God surrounding us and, and being that wall around us to protect us is what he promises. The final verse I'm going to leave you with again. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. May you be a person as, as you, you live your life, love those who are honest with you, sharing God's law and gospel, sin and grace with you and giving you direction for your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that uh, in our lives, we, we are part of a community. And as part of that community, we are allowed to be good citizens, that we are able to show your love in our lives. Please help us, though, Lord, because we know along the way there are going to be people who hurt us. There are going to be times when we have to deal with fools. There are going to be times when we ourselves are fools. But Lord, thank you for sending us a mediator in Jesus Christ And thank you that you have given us other Christians to be a voice of reason and to to give us your big picture, the spiritual picture, and and to to be able to look at our lives in, in terms of how you would have us act and how you would have us live as your children. Keep us focused on that identity as your children as we live in our lives to serve you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. I remember once a a teacher of mine telling me uh, that Christian love is not afraid to be taken advantage of because when people take advantage of it, it doesn't make a fool out of you. It makes a fool out of them. And, and I think that as we look at this, if I'm going to be a fool, may it not be because of my overreaction and words I can't take back and things done in anger, 
but, but if I'm going to be a fool, it's going to be a fool for being patient and kind and, and dealing with people. And I think that's the type of love, I know it's the type of love we've been shown through Christ and who has been patient and kind with us, the, the biggest fools there are. And so as we go from here, go with God's blessing as well. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We'll see you on the patio.